Welcome to the Ocean Hills Podcast. Our hope is that today's message would help you connect more deeply with God and with others. If you would like more information on what is happening in the Ocean Hills community, check out our website at oceanhills.org or download the Ocean Hills app. If you are encouraged by our ministry and would like to partner with us financially, you can give through your mobile device by texting Ocean Hills to 77977. We hope you enjoy this message. Hey, what's up, Ocean Hills? It's John Ireland. Happy Fourth of July weekend. Happy Independence Day. Who's got it better than us? How great is it that we live in a country with the freedoms that we have? Even in the midst of the turmoil, the pandemic, the racial tension that's going on, I'm so grateful that we live in a country that we have this freedom and so grateful to God that we have freedom in following Jesus, the freedom of forgiveness. And today we celebrate that and we're going to look into that in the scriptures today. As we jump into the morning message, I want to begin by opening it up in prayer. Would you take a moment just to quiet your heart and invite God to speak to you? All right, are we ready? Are we ready to do this? <laughs> All right. You know, I learned from uh, the great Presbyterian minister, speaker, Earl Palmer. Whenever he taught, whenever I saw him taught, teach, he always reviewed. I'd hear him at conferences, retreats, and maybe three or four talks in a row, and he'd say, hey, I want to go back and review. If you missed last week's message, you want to go back and watch it, but just a quick one minute review as I started with the jacket and I said, you know, those of you that maybe are peeking into the church, peeking into the Christian faith, many of you have this perspective of God that's like a straight jacket. It's like wearing a straight jacket. And the Bible says, clothe yourselves in Colossians 3, but it doesn't say clothe yourselves and look like this. Restrictive, awkward. This, this doesn't feel right. It doesn't look good on me, and it doesn't feel good on me. And, and many of you look at the Christian faith and you go, this, this is why I don't want to become a Christian, because this is what it's going to look, my life's going to look like. And I want you to know that's a misperception. That's a lie. God wants to clothe you in these spiritual virtues that we're talking about. And the greatest virtue of all is love. So keep that in mind. There's the other group of you that You've, you are a Christian, but, but you're, you're kind of walking through the Christian life. And it's like this. You got your wardrobe, but you got it on your shoulder. You don't really need it. You don't use it. It's just there. God's just kind of there if you need him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, whatever. But God has so much more. He wants you to actually put your spiritual clothes on. He's tailor-made them for you. He's like, I... I made this so you would wear it, put on, and in this passage, it's compassion, kindness, it's humility, it's gentleness, it's patience, it's making allowances for one another, it's forgiving, it's, it's forgiving one another, and it's putting on love. And so, this morning, as we look at Colossians 3, we've been in this for many, many weeks, chapter 3. We're kind of stuck right now, just simmering and soaking in verses 12 and 13. And the metaphor, clothe, we have a spiritual wardrobe. You 
you know, he doesn't make it the great suggestion. He says, you must clothe yourselves. There's an urgency to it. There's, there's this kind of, uh, put it on. Put these clothes on every day. Clothe yourselves. And today we're going to focus on these spiritual virtues. Gentleness, patience, bearing with or making allowance for each other's faults, and then forgive anyone who offends you. Has that happened at all in the last three months? Forgive anyone who's offended you. And then remember the Lord forgave you. So you must forgive others. And so let's just jump right in. The first word that's used today, I mean, it's in the middle of the passage, but it's gentleness. Now, I know some of the guys right now are like, are you kidding me? You want me to become gentle? Like, that's like being a wuss. That's just weak sauce. I'm not, I don't, why do I want to be gentle? But I want you to listen to the definition. Gentleness is not weakness. It's strength under control. It's strength that's under control. I want you to say that. Repeat that with me. Gentleness is strength under control. It means you're a strong person that's under control. That's what it means to be gentle. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So what does that mean? It means when other people raise their voice, you lower your voice. That's gentleness. Gentleness, it diffuses conflict. Gentleness de-escalates anger. It it, it diffuses a situation when tempers start rising and you're ready to lose yours. You lower your voice. That's gentleness. Jesus, what a great example. You've read his stories, but in, in Matthew 11, he describes himself as, I am humble and gentle. I am humble and gentle at heart. There's a gentleness in the way he treats us. If you read the Gospels, the way he treats the outsider, the outcast, the struggling one, the hurting one, the marginalized, the wealthy person, the leadership person, there's a gentleness in the way that he walks with people, the way that he relates. And I'm just going to say very quickly that during this whole pandemic, during this whole political storm that we're in right now and the social issues. Did you know that our staff, we are not all thinking and having the same opinions? We don't. Our staff doesn't vote the same way. Our staff doesn't completely think the same way. We don't have the same perspective, even on some theological issues. But we're committed. We're committed to living in harmony with each other. We're committed to practicing gentleness with each other. Do we get it perfect all the time? No. And I'm going to raise my hand and say, I have been guilty of not practicing jump. But that's what we're aiming for. That's the vision that we would put on gentleness in our most important relationship. Let's jump to the next one. It's patience. He says, put on gentleness, then clothe yourself, put on patience. That means, you're not going to like this, but you know what patience means? It means long suffering, long 
It's over the long haul, a willingness to be patient. That's what the word means. And it doesn't have to do with circumstances. It's not about being patient with an event. It really has to do with being patient with people. And even more closely, the people right next to you, the people right in front of you. Patience is long-suffering for the long haul. And I love this quote by Arnold Glasso. He says, the key to everything is patience. And then listen to this. You get the chicken by hatching the egg, not by smashing it. I love that. You get the chicken by hatching it, being patient, not by smashing it open. And so again, let's look at our Savior, Jesus, full of patience with Peter. He was so patient with the sons of thunder, James and John, when they're arguing about who's, who's the greatest. So much patience, right? With Judas, so much patience. With doubting Thomas, so much room, long-suffering, and patience. You know, the Bible says in Romans chapter 2, verse 4, don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? You know, when you're on the receiving end of God's patience, when that really, you get it, it hits you, you become a more patient person with others. Love is patient. Love is patient. And this is the invitation to clothe, to put on patience at home, in your marriage, with your roommates, with your kids, at work, with your coworkers, your colleagues, your boss, your direct reports your next door neighbor, the invitation, the people of Jesus, Jesus followers, his vision for your life and my life is that we would be gentle and we would be patient. And then there's a third quality. Look at, the, look at verse 12 and 13 of Colossians 3. It says, make allowance for each other's faults. In the NIV, it talks about bearing with one another. And I love that, bearing with. With that has to do with are you ready? This is it's not sexy, it means we put up with, we put up with each other. I, I'm not, did I sign up for that when I became? Yes, I did, and you did too. If you're a follower of Jesus, this is God's vision for his people that we would bear with each other. And this means that we are, and it's, it's related to patience, patiently enduring the faults and failings of others in a very kind, gracious, and godly way. You know, bearing with is, it's putting up with people's peculiarities, their idiosyncrasies, their, their quirks, but even more, their opinions, their different perspectives. God says, I want you to live in harmony. I, I want you to bear with, make allowance for each other's faults, see, rather than replace. We live in a, in a cancel culture. You're out. I cancel you. I unfriend you. No, no, no. That's not God's way. That's not what scripture teaches us. 
There is no canceling relationship. He says you're to bear with each other. In marriage, in family, we're bearing with. In church, you know, it's easy to pick a church. It's another thing to stick with a church. And I know some of you maybe are church hoppers. I want to challenge you to commit. If Ocean Hills isn't your church, okay. But go find a church family. And you're not going to find a perfect one, by the way. And we're not perfect. But commit to it. Commit to that family and commit to making it better. I want to just give a shout out to our founding partners. Ocean Hills is, what, 22 years old. And we have a group of folks that helped us start this church 22 years ago. And I'm going to tell you, bearing with John Ireland, they've done it for 22 years. We've had our hiccups. We've had our, we stepped on a landmine. I know our founding partners have had moments where they're like, I don't know, are we going to keep doing this with John? Are we going to keep going? And they have, they've stuck with us. God bless you today. That's godliness. It really is when we stick together and bear with. So I want to, uh, I want to just raise this issue. So what happens when the flesh wins out over the spirit? When rather than being gentle, I snap. Rather than being patient, I'm harsh and impatient. Rather than bearing with, I quit. I replace you in my life with somebody else. What's the response when we fall short? Because we're going to fall short. This is what I love about God's Word, kind of this lineup of spiritual clothing. Notice what Paul says. Notice what you notice. We say that. Here's what happens. Feelings get hurt, right? Relationships get strained, even broken. And that's when repair, repair, repair becomes necessary. And the next word, that's what he says. It's about forgiveness. He says you have to, what? Make allowance for each other's fault and forgive anyone who offends you. And I know all of us have been offended in some way in the last few months. And then he goes on to say this, remember, 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 the Lord forgave you. The Lord forgave you. So you must forgive others. The Lord forgave you. So you must forgive others. Here's the big idea. The big idea is that forgiven people forgive people. When we've received God's forgiveness, when that's real in our lives, we choose forgiveness. We choose to forgive others. Even when we don't feel like it, that's living by faith. I choose to forgive the people that have offended me, that have hurt me, that have caused a strain in our relationship. I choose to forgive, not because I feel like it. I never feel like forgiving someone, but because God calls me to, and God gives me the strength, and God gives me the, the desire and the will to say, I'm going to be a godly person. And the way I do that is I lean into the vision that God has for my life, and that's to be a forgiver. You know, Billy Graham, the great evangelist, his wife said, if you're going to be married for any length of time, you are going to need to learn to become a good forgiver. And I'm going to say, if you're going to be in a church, if you're going to be in a workplace with coworkers, if you're going to be in a family for any length of time, you need to learn to become a good 
forgiver. If you want to go deeper into this topic, into why, I want you to, here, here's your, the overachiever, the extra credit. Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 35. Jesus tells a really powerful story. Go ahead and read that after church today. But let me, let me just close with a couple of quotes. Lou Smeads, who was a professor at Fuller Seminary, he said this, to forgive, to forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that the prisoner was you. To forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that that prisoner is you. God has your best in mind. He wants you to be set free. And that's why he says those people that have hurt you, that guy that betrayed you, that business deal that went south and you felt backstabbed, he said, he's not talking about you got to be best friends, but the reason we forgive is it sets us free. We're the prisoner. And God says, I want you to be freed up. And there's freedom and forgiveness. And then the great Bishop T.D. Jakes, I love him, man. He is the... I think Time Magazine called him the best preacher in America. Here's what he said. The first, he said, I think the first steps to understand that forgiveness does not exonerate the perpetrator. Forgiveness liberates the victim. It's a gift you give yourself. It's a gift you give yourself. And so as we close... I just know somebody's watching right here, right now, and is going, oh my gosh, that's me. I need to forgive someone. Let me just remind us, forgiveness isn't just, you, you, okay, I forgive them. It's not a one, a moment, once in a moment choice. It's every day. You choose, God said, pray for your enemies. God said, bless those who persecute you. And so you begin every day. When you think of them, you pray for God's blessing and favor in their life. And you do that, and over time, you'll notice the poison the negative energy will begin to lift and you will experience freedom. And so now I want to invite you to receive God's love and forgiveness, to celebrate and give thanks for God's patience and bearing with us and forgiving us. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn it over to Jono to lead us to communion, to the Lord's table. And this might be a great time to either push pause and go get your bread and, and grape juice, uh, or you can do it later. Thank you for listening. Before you re-enter your day, we hope that you will take just a few moments to pause and respond to what God has put on your heart through this message. Thank you again for listening to the Ocean Hills podcast. For access to more sermons, visit the Watch and Listen page on OceanHills.org or find them on the Ocean Hills app.